Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Good to have you. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you spending your time with us, your Sunday morning with us. What an honor. What a privilege it is. It's something that we do not take lightly. Children's Church, they they know already. They've taken off. They don't wait on me to tell them to go anymore. They're just gone. That's good, that's good, so uh, good, to, good to be in the house of the Lord with you today, good to be in worship with you today, how many of you just, just love the feeling of the Holy Spirit when He comes and just, just wraps His, wraps his grace filled hands around our hearts and just begins to massage it and soften it again, because this world has a way of hardness, hardening it up, doesn't it? It has a way sometimes of, of taking us through things that... We tend to barrier ourselves up and insulate ourselves, saying that we're not going to let the world hurt us anymore. And if we're not careful, we insulate ourselves so much that we don't let anything in. And I've learned, uh, learned a long time ago that uh, I can't, there, there, there's nothing I can do to completely get away from every, every pain you're going to feel or every hurt you're going to feel or every disappointment you're going to feel. But there is a way that I can give it to a God who knows how to take those things and turn them into blessings. So that's what we got to learn how to do for sure. Um, if you have your Bibles today, we're going to turn in our Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. This is where we ended up. We wrapped up our service with this uh, scripture last week. We're going to read this and I'm going to read another p- uh, passage in Hebrews here in just a second. But uh, we're going to read... Starting here, the book of Hebrews, we're kind of in a transition here between sermon series. God's already been working on me for the next one. Um, The next one, I think it's possible, is going to be called I Surrender. Um, God's really been working on me, but not that I'm not giving up. Y'all look at me like, oh no, he's giving up. No, but learning this, learning this, that God can do more with my complete surrender than, he could, than I could ever do with a perfect performance. And God knows how to do that. And, and we're going to come back to that. You know, I know we had talked about kind of getting back to the heart of discipleship. And well, that, that starts with surrender. Surrendering it all to the Lord. We may touch on that a little bit today. But I'm going to just kind of wrap up with this sermon called, What do you do when you know you're close? What do you do when you know you're close? Hebrews chapter 10, we're going to start reading verse 19, and we're going to read to verse 25. Then we'll skip over to Hebrews 11 in just a little bit. Hebrews 19, I'm sorry, 10, Hebrews 10, 19. There we go, Hebrews 10, 19, just seeing who's paying attention. All right, therefore, that means something's already been laid, and so now because of what has been laid, we're going to have an action onto that, built onto that. So therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest 
by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil which was His flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart. I hope that's what we did today in worship. We just kind of got some stuff out of the way, came to the Lord with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another now in order to stir up, good, stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as it is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You think the day is approaching? Absolutely the day is approaching. So I know we prayed a lot. Let's pray again. Father, we love you. We thank you. You are good. My great God of mercy, you are good. God, in fact, you are so good. Sometimes I don't have adequate words. All I can do is just stand back and applaud you and your goodness. And that's what we do today. Oh, I've seen you move so greatly this week. And I'm so thankful that you are still a moving God, a powerful God, a loving God, a giving God, a blessing God, a healing God, a miracle working God. You are still God. The nature of you is still awesome. The nature of you is still incredible. The nature of you is still absolutely mind-blowing. And I thank you for blowing my mind. Lord, you are good. And we pray that your goodness would Touch our ears today as we hear your word. Really, really hear your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> I apologize in, in advance. I will have to kind of scoot out, Stephanie and I, and we'll have to scoot out a little bit quickly today because we have our oldest, Easton, is, is wrapping up FCA camp this week, and what a, what a week it has been. I ain't going to lie to you, I'm tired. <laughs> I is tired, right? Uh, um, it, it's been a crazy week, been a busy week, but it has been a good week. It has been a good week where we've seen close to 800 campers, close to 800 kids. In fact, we set a record for, for uh, Spring Lake camp and for FCA camp. We set a record for the number of, of campers. Um, so yeah, God, and y'all remember, y'all prayed specifically over some things and some kids um, last Sunday, and I wanted, I shared a little bit Wednesday, I'll share with you who were not able to be here Wednesday night, but uh, some of the specific things we prayed was, especially for the young men, that, that they would have a restored vision, a restored heart for God and a vision for God, and the, uh, the, the last day of camp, um, the, they come up and they give their testimony whoever wants to, and at the last day of camp, there was about 70, the junior high camp, there were about 70 kids that wanted to come up and give their testimony about what God has done for them, and the very first young man that stands up says, God has restored my vision. Yeah, so, God is good, amen? God is good. I, I, told, I told him Wednesday, it was, it's hard, it's, it's hard to, to, to make, it, make yourself look like you're uh, you got it all together, right? And make yourself look like you, you're tough. 
part of my job was just to stand there at the bottom of the stage and to help the, the, those who were giving their testimonies up and down the stage. And they're giving their testimony, and I'm trying so hard not to cry in front of 400 other teenage kids because, uh, you know, you've got to make it look like you got it all together. But with every testimony, a tear is dropping here and a tear is dropping there. And my heart is breaking. And just, just loving to see what God is doing. Oh, this week, I, I saw with my own eyes, this week, I saw chains fall off of young men and young ladies. Uh, I, I saw identities be changed. I saw the spirit of atheism fall and break. I saw uh, those who have been depressed. I, I saw that depression break off of them. I saw scales fall off of the eyes of some young men. I saw some young ladies who stepped into a promise and a covenant that they understand that they are not to be used and abused by this world, but to be a daughter of our great God and King. Got to see a couple hundred give their life to the Lord for the first time and probably another 500 come in and say, I'm going to get serious about this. I saw home lives that were horrible. I saw kids rise above that. I saw promises fulfilled. And I saw God's hand move in such a beautiful way. The uh, last, the last week, or I'm sorry, last night's, night before last, night before last service, the worship was going, and um, just, you know, as usual, you kind of have somewhat of a, a program in your head where they know they got to have this much worship and then uh, a speaker at the end of that. But worship had to continue going on because there was a young lady that was just pouring out, pouring out worship unto the Lord. And it caused the whole building of about a thousand people just to kind of stop and go, wait a minute, let's wait. On the Lord. And that's where I know God is calling us to be. Is to not be afraid to just tell the world. Wait a minute. Before you get anxious. And before you get crazy. Let's, let's wait on the Lord. Because I'm here to tell you. God is doing something. Amen. God is on the move. God is working. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what it always feels like. God really is working. And I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. I want to be in the middle of that. Uh, th that's why I do what I do. And that's why you, you work like you work and serve like you serve. Because I don't want to miss Him. I don't know about you, but if I knew I missed God, that would, like, that would devastate me. I, I, I realize, I realize that, that we can't always get everything we want, but if the first thing we want is to be where God is at, I have a feeling He'll honor that. Amen? Can you imagine being in Scripture days and being when Jesus was there and walking and talking and performing His miracles and teaching and loving and healing and doing what He was doing? Can you imagine missing Him? No wonder why Paul had such a fervent desire. Not only did it come from the fact that Christ changed him from the inside out, 
But also, can you imagine? Can you imagine like Saul, then Paul? Can you imagine being in the same place at the same time as Jesus and not recognizing it was Jesus? Not recognizing who it was or what God was doing? It makes me wonder how much stuff I get caught up in. Kind of like the busyness of Martha, right? How much stuff, how, much, how, many, how many distractions I get so caught up in that, that I, I, miss, I miss Jesus. I miss what He's doing or I miss what He's saying. All because of my distractions. How many of y'all got a distraction or two out there? And good, I was hoping not one person was going to point to their wife or husband. But we, we all have our distractions and we certainly don't want to miss that. I pick up with a story as we dive into the Word of God here. I pick up with a story, and that story is fresh off of my experience yesterday. And he's not here today, so I can preach about him just a little bit. It stinks to be the pastor's family, you know that? Because it's like everything they do, he's like, hey, there's a sermon. <laughs> my Easton... Um, our 15-year-old was uh, in a huddle. They have huddle groups through the week of about six or seven. So they break all the 350 kids down into groups of six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. And you go with that huddle throughout the whole, uh, the whole camp. And y'all get, they, they get to pray for each other and do devotionals together, go to service together, go to eat together, all that kind of stuff. Well, at the end of it all, we have something called the Amazing Race. And the Amazing Race sounds real fun and simple, but it's not really for the faint of heart because they end up running a couple of miles, and in so they stop and do stations. And in stations, they are some kind of activity, some kind of challenge. Uh, one is just a, like a brain puzzle to do. Then the next they moved, and they have to do, they have to throw a football a certain way. Then they have to, uh, then they have to make a bunch of layups. I mean, it's just all kinds of activities that they do, but it's spread out over the entire length of the camp. And the very last challenge is that they pick up a a piece of wood, a rather large piece of wood, and it kind of represents picking up the cross. And they all get in one spot, and they all pick up that wood, they all pick up the cross, and then it goes to the leader, and the leader carries it for so long, and then it gets passed on. And the whole point is that that last section is they all end up having to carry the cross, and they end up actually having to carry it up a hill to the finish line, the end of the race. Well, I, uh, my job at that point in time was... Uh, taking Eli around, who was the photojournalist. He was taking all the pictures or whatever. So we, uh, we actually got behind Easton's group. And when we got behind Easton's group, there was one young man that was struggling. He, uh, he, he probably came to FCA camp not, reali not realizing you kind of need to be in a little bit of shape. And I'm not talking eggplant shape. <laughs> I'm talking about you need to at least know how to had to do a little bit of, of, of athletic work to do it, and bless his heart, because that's all you know how to say in the South, right? It's just bless his heart. You know, that's a fancy way of saying he was not in shape. <laughs> so this last leg, which he was struggling with anyways, this last leg, it got to the point where he was then like having to carry the wood, and it was the heel <laughs> was, was right in front of him. 
And so I got to witness an entire, and he, he, him a big boy, right? Um, I got to witness the entire huddle group get together and almost basically just pick him up and carry him up the hill. And after they did so, and just this kind of beautiful sight. In fact, this sight was such, such an awesome little sight that two of the camp directors started bawling their eyes out when they, <laughs> when they watched this. And After they finally crossed the finish line, <laughs> they all like collapsed. And uh, they, they picked themselves up and moved kind of over to the side to let, let the next group come in. I took my little golf cart. and I, we, Yeah, they're running. I'm golf carting. Some of y'all picked up on that, didn't you? That's because I'm old and fat. <laughs> so I golf carted around there, wheeled over there, and I parked it. And, and I was actually going to make sure Easton and their, their group had a... I was going to congratulate them, make sure they had some water and stuff. And, and uh, as I walked up to it, Easton is like really teary-eyed. Like, like, like almost like, not like bawling, but just like he's trying to fight back some tears, you know. And so my first thought is, Dad, is you okay? You're like, are you, are you about to pass out? Because... You were in his armpits. <laughs> that, that would have to be tough, right? And I said, you, you, you okay, Dad? And he said, Dad, I didn't know we could do it. I had no idea we could, we could all rally together and pick him up and carry him across. So it was, it was tears of realizing that the, the race is close and now is the time to, to pick each other up and Now's the time to throw your arms around each other. and Now's the time not to quit and not to give up. And now's the time to, to look ahead of where you're going and where you're headed. And knowing that there's going to be some along the way that's going to struggle and stumble and, and trip a little bit here and there. But it is our job given to us by God to reach down and pick one another up. Wrap your arm around them. Carry that cross together. I know it's an individual faith-based relationship, but how many of you are glad that God put us all together? Amen. Because here's the bottom line. We all need each other. We all need each other. And as we see it getting closer, what do we do? How do we act? Because I know can tell you from experience that it's... When the enemy tries to do some of his hardest work and his, his, his most dastardly deeds right here at the end. This is where he brings in confusion. This is where he brings in heartache and despair. This is why depression is on the rise. Anxiety is on the I'm telling you, out of the 70 that gave their testimony, 50 plus of them said, I came to camp with anxiety. I came to camp with this, this, this crazy anxiety that God was, was like wrapping me up in. And, and, and I understand that a little bit because I was a very anxious kid. When I remember whenever I was in kindergarten, I was anxious about everything. I'd get anxious about stuff you shouldn't even be anxious about. You can thank my, my, that's my blood, y'all. You can thank my family for that, right? We, we, we were just an anxious we just had that running in our family, I guess, and it, it hit me hard in kindergarten. And I was even, I even remember one time laying down in kindergarten worried about whether or not I'd get up from, my, from the nap time. I look at that now going, maybe it would have been better if I'd stayed in nap time. Right? Just, just worried about all kinds of stuff. 
But I had a kindergarten teacher who was a, a prayer. And she told me one day, she noticed that I was nervous about things. And she said, she said, I'm going to pray for you today when you go take your nap. And so I got my little plastic red one side, blue one side mat. Y'all remember those? Right? And I laid down and I just remembered that I had somebody praying for me. And I took my nap, I went to sleep, and I woke up. And I'm telling you, from that day forward, I've never had the anxiety that I had. And that was just because someone loved me enough to recognize that there's more to it than just what you see in the exterior. There's more to it, there's more going on, there's more of a struggle. And the struggle is rooted in something deeper than a lot of times we really recognize. So what do you do when you feel this drawing close? And, and I also have a, we also have a promise that says that God's going to break you through these barriers in life. That God can help you break through these struggles. God can help you break through the, the, these, these walls that seem to keep you back and hold you back from what God has in store for you. And the, the type of life God has for you. What do you do when you're close to that wall and you're close to a breakthrough but it just gets a little bit challenging? What do you do? How do you handle it? Well, first of all, we read here in Scripture that in, in the book of Hebrews, the author says, therefore, which means that there's a setup to this. There's a setup to the, these, this, this coming into what God has in store for you. This is therefore, there's this, this setup. Therefore, what, what's the therefore? The therefore is the fact that the book of Hebrews is called a book of better things. All right, over and over and over again, it takes you through illustration after illustration. The author is saying to, to whoever it is he's writing to, he's saying that, that God has set something up in the Old Testament to teach us some principles that He's going to break us through in the New Testament. Then over and over and over in the Old Testament, there is this setup of the, the blood sacrifice and the covenant of God and God being with His people and His people being with God. And God has set all of this up in the Old Testament so that in the New Testament he can reveal a better way which is what we read right a new and living way a better way so here first of all we got to realize that God has done an amazing work how many of you love to read the begats okay I know that's that's King James language that's old language y'all know what I'm talking about about the begats Right, so and so begat so and so, and so and so begat so and so, or in today's language it is so and so had a baby, and so and so had a baby, and so and so had a son, and so and so had a son, and so and so had a son. How many of you just love that section of the Bible? Not a single taker. Most of you are like me. When you're reading through all when you're reading through the Bible, you get to that section and you're like I can't pronounce 90% of those names anyway, so we're just going to go, you did a good work, Lord, and move on. Right? But really, that's what happened. Through all of that, that's why we get a lineage at the, book, at the beginning of our Gospels in Matthew. We get a lineage, and most of us just read through that, that, that says, well, okay, this dude is kin to these dudes. But really, what we're seeing is that, look how faithful God is. 
was. Look how amazing he was to work with a bunch of crazy people to still accomplish his will being done. Look at all of the chances that people had to, to, to mess something up or to, to step outside of the bounds of God so much so that God said, nope, not going to touch them again. Look at all the times that uh, things didn't work out. They thought just right in their eyes. But God said, no, it's working right together. It's coming together. It's doing exactly what I want it to do. It's not falling apart. It's falling into place. Look at all the times that, that it seemed very weird and crazy at the moment, but really I was in control this whole time. That ought to, that ought to encourage you a little bit about the craziness you're going through today. Right? That ought to encourage you a little bit that I know it looks like that, that man has is, is really, really messed some stuff up. But we have a promise today. Where sin abounds. Alright, some of you, you need to remember, your, you need to go back and remember your scripture, right? Where sin abounds, grace does much. So let me see this. Have, do y'all see sin abounding right now? Alright, so we're no stranger to that. So what does that mean about grace right now? I'm not a theologian or Bible scholar or anything, but that's not really hard to miss unless you're looking at the wrong thing. Right? Yeah, sin is abounding right now. But I think God is ready to pounce on us with some amazing grace. And break us through some of this junk that would try to hold us back. In fact, a lot of times I know we're getting close by hearing how many Christians say, I'm tired. Y'all know what the end of the race must feel like? I'm tired. I'm, I'm, the, the, the enemy at the screw tape letter says it this way. If we can't make them bad, we'll make them busy. Right? The enemy says, if I can't make them bad, I'll make them busy. I'll keep them distracted. And that busyness keeps us running and keeps us going. And then we're fighting every day for this and for that. And the next thing you know, time has passed and slipped on through and we get distracted. But God says, I know He has a plan for us right now. So what do you do? Well, I think you can look at two examples of Scripture. If you're looking, we're not going to go through them, but you're going to know them. The two, two examples of Scripture. Number one, that one, is a, one is a type and a shadow, one is a fulfillment. Uh, the, the, the first one to look at is Joshua. I love the book of Joshua. It's one of my favorite Old Testament books. I love the book of Joshua because Joshua gets this charge to take God's people on into the land of promise that they've been dancing and walking and wandering around for 40 years now. That's a long time to wait for something. How many of you have been waiting for God to do something in your life for 40 plus years? All right? 
I get, I get upset when the drive through window don't slide back open and the sack come out in like three and a half minutes, okay? You get past that, I start, I start getting a little, little angry or hung, what do they call it, hangry, right? I start, I start getting kind of cranky when, 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 when I have to be patient about something. Now, I would teach about patience, but we don't have time for that today. I'm glad some of y'all got that. I'm so excited about that. But for 40 years, they're walking this out. For 40 years, they're working this out. For 40 years, they're following after God. For 40 years, things are dying off so that new things can be born in. For 40 years, you have Caleb and Joshua who's thinking to themselves, if I could just get there, this time I'm taking the giants out. If I could just get there, for 40, you made me walk for 40 years, but now that I get there, I'm taking this on. So for 40 years, and now here it is, Joshua, he's on the edge of this. He steps up into, okay, now let's go into the promised land. And then it settles in and sinks in. Ooh, that's a big job. That's a big to-do. This is not just something we should take lightly. And I think going into the day approaching is not something we need to take lightly. Facing all of these obstacles that are keeping us from it is not something we should take lightly. It's something we need to look at and say, God, how do you want to do that? Now, that's the type, the shadow. If you go to the New Testament, we see 120 people in an upper room about to receive a promise of God to step into a new way of life and to bring about the kingdom of God in a new way, ways in which they didn't even realize was possible until then. So where they're stepping into the, into the Old Testament promised land, the New Testament promised land is that we now can step into this new covenant. And that's what Hebrews is all about. So if you look at what God did in both sections, you'll see some similarities. Number one, they had to take courage. How many times did He tell Joshua, take courage? How many times did He say, be strong? Be courageous. Take courage. Three times just within the first few verses. Take courage. Jesus tells His disciples, wait. I know you're going to have some tribulation and stuff. But be of good cheer. Right? Why? Because I've overcome the world. And by the way, I know you're going to need some strength. I know you're going to need some power. Acts 1.8 says, so I'm going to give it to you. You need courage. So I'm going to give it to you. If you read the last of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, it says that there is nothing that God's not willing to give you to do His will. Take courage. Now is the time for us to take courage. Now is the time for us to realize that the work is big, the job is big, it's going to take some courage to do, but we've been given the courage we need. Now, how many of you realize God's given you everything you need? Okay, four of us. The rest of us are like, I hope so. <laughs> I'm being honest with you, I've been there too. I hope I can, right? And then one day you're going to grab a hold of somebody and you're going to pick them up and carry them across the finish line and you're going to look at God and say, I didn't even know I had it in me. 
Take courage. The Bible here in, in Hebrews says, have full assurance. Whew, that sounds really good. What does that mean? What is full assurance? What does that mean? Be bold. Right here in Hebrews. Be bold. Be confident. Have full assurance. The word assurance in the original language actually means to have a firmness. A firmness. That's why we all like confirmation, right? It confirms and it affirms that it's going to be okay. Right? That's why we all love testimonies. Because we can see somebody has gone through some stuff and they can stand there and say, but God did something. And we can say, that confirms if God can do it in you, He can do it in me. An affirmation, affirming up. It's kind of like muscles. It's, you don't use it, you lose it. Right? You don't use it, you lose it. It's the same way with our faith. Now's the time to exercise that. When's the last time you did something that you had to have faith to do? That's not Western culture way. That's not the Western culture way. But it's God's way. Right? Affirm. Let Him affirm. First thing you do is you take courage. Number two, you seek the face of God. What do you do when you get close? You press that much harder to seek the face of God. What Joshua do before he went and told everybody what to do? He got with God. One on one. What was the whole point of 120 praying? They got in the face of God. You seek the face of God. You seek His favor. You seek His will. You seek what He wants done. You put your stuff aside and you say, God, I seek you. I said it months ago. I'll say it again. I think now is the time when, every, when the world wants to come out of the closet, it's time for the church to go back into the closet. And start seeking and start praying and start stepping into where we're called to be His holy place. Seek the face of God. Number three, it's time to make a choice and make a stand. It's time to make a choice. That's why Joshua did the famous passage of Scripture where he goes through the camp and he says, Today, choose who you are going to serve. As for me and my house, make a choice. You realize that you can't make a stand until you first make a choice? Make a choice. Then make a stand. Make a choice. Make a stand. Indecision will kill you in seasons like this. Make a choice. Make a choice. Then make a stand. Number four, got to put flesh where it belongs. This is not the most famous passage of Scripture. In fact, most guys read right through this very quickly. But before they went into the promised land, God said, Joshua, go circumcise everybody that's not circumcised. And as a guy, I'm like, yep, next page. Right. What is he saying here? He's saying, I want you to realize before you go in there, you've got to put flesh where it belongs. You have to put flesh where it belongs. When you're going to serve God, then you've got to put flesh where it belongs. You cannot serve God based on your flesh. 
Because there are days and there are times you're going to say, I don't want to serve God today. I don't feel like it today. I don't feel like praying today. I don't feel like reading His Word today. I don't feel like worshiping today. I'm in the mully grubs. Some of us, I think, like to be in the mully grubs. There are times I like it. How do I know I like it? Because I'll pout all day long. Right? Okay, y'all don't pout. We've got to learn to put flesh where it belongs. Number five, you learn to walk in obedience. You want to know how you have faith? How do you obey? You want to know a test on whether or not you have faith in God? Is how you obey. Can you walk in obedience? Number six, I like this part, make some noise. Get ready to make some noise. I know, for, I know for a few days they walked around quietly. But when God said it's time to make some noise, it's time to make some noise. And God started it by a mighty rushing wind in Acts chapter 2. And He finished it by them declaring the wonderful works of God in such a way thousands were like, what is going on up there? Right? Make some noise. And number seven, at the end of it all, get ready to give him all the glory. Give him all the glory. That's what Peter's sermon was about. That's what, when Joshua did conquer the walls, they fell and everything went, went, went the way God planned it. And God said, no, all the spoils are mine. This is the first fruits. Give me all the glory. And what happens when you do that and you walk in faith and you keep, even though you feel like you get in opposition when it gets close, you keep walking, you keep doing these things. What happens? I'm wrapping this up by the last passage of Scripture. Hebrews 11, 30 through 35. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. After they were encircled for seven days, by faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel, the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And it goes on and on to say, by faith they saw God do amazing things. By faith you get your breakthrough. By faith you don't just stop at being close but you get to step on in by faith. By faith. Would you, everyone, bow your heads right now? This is just between you and God. I just want to give you a moment just to say, Lord, for those that are struggling right now, I pray a grace, a grace upon them. For those that full of anxiety, I pray, Lord, a grace upon them. For those, Lord, that are 
feeling like that their faith is weakening, I pray that they would see their eyes opened up to spiritual things and see that it is really their faith being exercised. So it's firming up. It's getting stronger. Sometimes the struggle is to help you get stronger. So Father, I pray over all of those today that have been struggling with anything. God, I pray that you would move. Move in their hearts. Move in their spirit. Move in their faith. Father, I pray today that you go with us in all that we do. And help us to be agents of change. and Agents of seeing your kingdom come, your will be done. I pray your will upon us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You'll have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.